Revolution.org podcast coming your way. Steve and the Mobster. How you doing, man? Good. Let's go. This one's going to be S23. And S23 is a very interesting little compound we have here. So the most commonly used SARMs out there, Austrian, Andrean, LGD. But L, you know, some of the other SARMs out there, this is a one that is pretty new. And it's called S23. And we're going to take a look at S23 in this podcast. Developed by GTX. So orally active non SARM, selective androgen receptor modulator. It's got a high binding affinity to androgen receptors. So considered the strongest SARM. And when you use S23, the thing I noticed when I used it is within a few days, you're going to be like, whoa. Like, you're going to be like, wow, this stuff is really doing something. So you're going to expect some increased muscle mass, decreased fat mass, and decreased in the size of the prostate. Those are the three things S23 does, perhaps better than any other SARM out there. Um, there was a study done on rodents that said a dose equivalent to 15 milligrams for a 180-pound male was shown to increase bone mineral density, promote muscle mass growth, and fat loss. So S23, very versatile, that it can be used for both bulking and for cutting. So one of the things I noticed when I ran it was the strength increase. And I could tell my muscles were like getting harder. So it's really, um, really a powerful SARM, Mobster. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by its use, its alternative uses here, Steve. I'll tell you for why. A couple of couple of things occurred to me just reading the article that we're going to reference and, and, and uh, reference you guys when you're listening to this podcast. We always link you an article at the bottom. Right. So it was used as a contraception, which... I made a note here, Steve. That means pretty much suppressive, guys. Now, we argue whether uh, steroids or SARMs, how suppressive they are, and we talk about SARMs being minimally, minimally, put my teeth in, Steve, minimally suppressive. Here's a SARM that was used as a contraception. So, guys, if we talk about suppression, that's suppression. Uh, and, in fact, I will read the data here specifically saying that some of the rats, four of the six rats had no sperm at all in the testicles. And what was also interesting, Stephen, and it's actually something what made me wonder how uh, it's to get into biology and stuff. It said that none of the rats were able to impregnate a female rat. Now, whether that means they couldn't get hard on or whether that means, as we know, Steve, and I believe you've just discussed this on other podcasts, some of what forms a part of an attraction whether it's a rat or us as human beings or whatever else, it's pheromones. So, so I'm wondering if the female rats could literally sense that these guys had next to no testosterone, that they had no sperm, that they were, for all intents and purposes, infertile. However, guys, not to worry too much, 100 days after the last dose, they went back to being exactly as they was before. And there was, and I quote, 100% pregnancy rate. So if you are at all uh, worried about suppression and you decide not to follow our advice in regards to dosing and other things that you can do while you're on cycle, specifically S23 in this example, um, not to worry, you'll go back to normal afterwards. 
especially if you're a rat. <laughs> but Steve, that's fascinating for me. I know that they've looked at steroids as a uh, male contraceptive in the past and, and are even trying to do something with that now. But I was more interested in the simple fact that when these rats were suppressed, one wonders if there's a pheromone thing going on, if the females can sense whether or not the males are fertile and so on and so forth, and whether or not, of course, that would happen in human beings. But that's probably a subject for another podcast. Back to you. Yeah, and in this case, um, you know, S23 is one of the handful of SARMs that haven't officially been clinically tested on humans, only on rats. Yeah. So that's why, okay. you know, we're having a reference rodent study. So a lot of people say, well, you know, we're not rodents. We're, we're humans. Well, you know, that that is true. So maybe with humans, it may affect us, you know, slightly different or maybe the yes. same effect as us. So it is currently still S23 under development as a male hormonal contraceptive. So it's still under development. It hasn't been approved and it hasn't been abandoned. So I will, perhaps I will jump in here, it will. Sorry, very, yeah. I will jump in here very quickly, Steve. Just to say, guys, regardless of the warnings that I've just given you, and I think Steve will back me up on this, we haven't had people come back to us complaining of specific issues other than, of course, you know, the feeling of being on, on, a, on an anabolic hormone. So, yeah, I mean, we're not getting people to talk about issues with pregnancy. We're not talking about guys becoming infertile or anything like that. And, again, that's a suggested does. So, like Steve says, testing on rats is what's been done in the clinical situation. We're not uh, doing the clinical situation here when we're talking about performance-enhancing drugs. It's important to note that as far as we know, Steve, and again, again like I said, you probably back me up on this, we're not hearing people that have experimented on themselves coming back with ter terrible horror stories or anything like that. So the, the information is out there for you guys so that you're aware, but at the same time, so far, so good, so to speak. Thank you, Steve. Okay, so look, side effects at the end of the day, main side effect of S23 is suppression of natural testosterone production. So, uh, you know, this is one of this, what this is going to mean is that when you use it, it's going to have similar effects as anabolic steroids and it's going to suppress you. It's going to almost shut you down. So most SARMs, for example, will take your LH from five to say three or two and a half. So, and then you come off the SARMs and you bounce right back. S23, it's going to take you from five lower now how low does it take you it depends it depends on how long you use it depends on how much you use it there's a lot of different factors that go into that so it's a lot of a lot of it's individually based the thing about it is a lot of people who use s23 they're already on trt for life so we're seeing more and more guys who are on trt for life and we're seeing a lot of people who you know, they're in their 40s and 50s who are messing around with SARMs more so than guys in their 20s. Guys in their 20s typically want to hop on anabolic steroids. They want to follow what the guys on social media are doing. You know, so they're going to stick to the anabolic steroids. But once you get older you're and you get kind of sick of anabolic steroids, which is going to happen, and you want to try something different like SARMs. And, and in this case, you know, with the S23, it's not going to really matter. If it's more suppressive, because hell, you're on TRT for life anyway, so you're already shut down for life being on uh, testosterone replacement therapy, you see. So it's not really going to make a difference. I think someone 
you know, who's 25, who uses S23, and you use it, you know, for a, a short cycle, six, eight weeks, you come off, you do a proper PCT, and then you come back. I don't see it being an issue with being shut down. Um, we haven't seen any evidence where guys are using it and then they, they, they're, they're shut down for life. No, you're still going to come back. Let's, it's not going to be as severe as anabolic steroids. So, and then you take anabolic steroids and you're going to have the same effect when it comes to fertility. Uh, you know, the more you use anabolic steroids, the longer you use anabolic steroids, the more you're going to basically nix your fertility. So, but I mean, is anabolic steroids something that people are going to prescribe, that medical professionals are going to prescribe for anti-fertility? That's the question, you know, and the answer is no, because they have way too many side effects. So what is yeah. the solution to male for fertility? You can basically go in there and get, get, get snaps, get snapped, you know, and that's boom, in and out, snapped. I've talked to people who have gotten it done. Maybe mobster, you can touch on that a little bit. I don't know if you've gotten it done mobster, but uh, you know, no. what's easier that or, or taking a lot of anabolic steroids and even not even being, you know, a hundred percent anti fertility. So if S 23 is something that you can run for eight weeks and it can shut down your fertility and you can go on a little adventure where you go and you screw around, um, you know, let's say you're getting divorced or something and you want to just go screw around. If you can take S23 for eight weeks and just have a little a tender honeymoon <laughs> and uh, you don't have to worry about 18 years of child support, then S23 might be something for you in that situation. And in the process, you'll gain some muscle, gain some strength as well. So that is one of the side effects that can be maybe a, of your benefit. So, but again, you know, the sperm tests don't lie. So you can test the S23 on yourself and see, hey, is this stuff dropping my fertility? And you'll see that it, that it is. Um, you know, we've seen enough evidence to know that it does. Now, how much does it do? I still want to go around banging, you know, random, you know, 20-year-old girls, okay? Unless you want child support for the next 18 years. I, I want to be doing that with or without S23 or with or without even a condom. So mom, so why don't you chime in on that a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Are you, are you snipped? Are you snipped? No, no. My dad was snipped, but that was after the fourth child. I'm number one and there was a three more to come. I, I will jump in here guys. And this is, I'll reiterate something that Steve said a few minutes ago. And it's quite simply the variation between how guys respond to any kind of anabolic. And I'm including S23 in this particular example varies so much right from guys that have what we we've talked about is another podcast when we say you can feel great on what is essentially a low testosterone level and you can feel horrendous on what's a high testosterone level and it literally comes down to the individual so a, a good example would be, i mean we've, I, I say good it's up a bad example really what we would call uh, a, a meth head in 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 or whatever you want to call them over there steve with regards to the hillbillies using meth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you look at these people sometimes and their health is absolutely horrendous. They're in, their skin's horrible. They've lost half their teeth and yet they're still fertile, right? So it proves that they, when it comes to human beings, and I, 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 I'm generalizing in a way, but when it comes to human beings, it is impossible to say 100% that a contraceptive 
anabolic contraceptive in this particular case is 100% effective. So, guys, I'll take it from the both of us. When it comes to a situation like this, let's focus on the muscle building properties over the contraceptive properties. I would, in other words, put a Johnny on it, use a condom, uh, wear, wear Durex, whatever, because I would not want to be in a situation that goes, oh, yes, yeah, so there's contraceptive for rats, you'll be fine. And then have you knock on my doorstep asking for assistance with your 18 years of uh, child support. So, yeah, guys, when it comes to situations like this, and the women are no different when it comes to being on the pill. There is, is, is The pill is probably the greatest of the most effective contraceptives. And in, even then, it is not 100%. It's like 99.9%. Situations like this, and bearing in mind we're talking about, uh, and again with the rats coming back 100 days afterwards to full fertility, with all the rats that were, were, were to put it crudely, fucking, um, you have to be careful in this situation, purely and simply for the reasons that Steve's already stated. It's very, very, very important. Yeah, back to you, Steve. All right, guys. So, you know, let's talk about dosing this a little bit here. So, like all SARMs, like all anabolic steroids, like any PED, you can you can kind of dose it kind of uh, differently, right? So it depends what your goal is. So if you were looking to build more muscle and 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 fat loss, and a dose of fifteen to twenty five milligrams per day is really good. On the other hand, if you're looking to use it for the contraceptive effects, you want to jack up the dose. So you run it fifty milligrams a day. So that's gonna be more effective. So I think I ran it at 25 milligrams a day when I ran it around that. And um, I'll tell you, at third or fourth day, I could tell like the change in the gym. The, like the stuff was like shockingly good. Scared me. It scared the crap out of me. You know, because uh, I was used to using, you know, LGD and RAD and some of the other SARMs out there in Austerine. And this one was like, wow, this is even stronger than anabolic steroids. You know, I, I was like, well, damn, like my lips were going up and. It was incredible, man. So, so the good news when it came to using S23, the rats were on 100 days. The study showed the rats were on 100 days, and they did recover. After 100 days off of it, I'm sorry. After 100 days off of it, the rats did recover the, the, yeah. their fur, full test, uh, testosterone levels. So... But, you know, you as a, as a guy, one of the things, you're going to go on it. You can go on it four weeks. You can go on it eight weeks. You can go on it ten weeks. I wouldn't go longer than ten weeks. And then I will definitely run a PCT of about four weeks. So a good PC with the uh, low-dose selective estrogen receptor modulator, like a Clomid or a Novodex, low-dose, and then run a strong testosterone booster for four weeks along with it. And then that's a really good you know mini pct to run with it and that should have really really good effects so you know how should we use it you can use s23 by itself i you know and then you can also stack it so mobster you know there's four really good stacks that are advertised that include s23 the first is a strength stack like let's say you just want it stronger so the strength stack is going to be LGD, S4, and S23 together. So you would use about 10 milligrams of the LGD, 50 milligrams of the S4, 
and then about 25 milligrams of the S23. That's a really good strength stack if you want to increase your strength. And then the nice thing about that is you're going to increase your strength and you're not going to kind of like destroy your joints in the process because SARMs have good effects on the joints. Anabolic steroids mostly do not. <clears throat> the next stack is the advanced strength stack. So for that one, you're going to run S4, S23, RAD, and LGD. So you're going to run about 10 milligrams of RAD and LGD, about 25 milligrams of the S23, and 50 milligrams, again, of the S4. And that's a really good, it's called the Advanced Strength Stack. And that's going, that's four different ones at the same time. So that, that one is a little pricier, and uh, but it really, really works good. And some guys even add in like a peptide to it, like GHRP peptide. Next one is a bulking stack. Let's say you want to bulk, you're a skinny guy, you want to put on some bulk, but you don't want to bulk a bunch of fat and water. And even if you're a guy, you know, even if you're as big as mobster, you just want to bulk, but you don't want to put on fat and water. This one's a really good option to put on good, clean muscle mass. So in this example, you would just use the LGD and RAD, same dose of just 10 milligrams as the previous stack. And then you use the S23 around 25 milligrams a day. And that would be a really good bulking stack. Now, my personal favorite, the muscle hardening stack. And this is what I noticed when I used S23 is that my muscles really, really got hard on it. And I really got strong on it. So I was kind of shocked that something that you take, you know, that you just drink like this, or you just take, you know, tablet up, it's capable of doing that to you that, that quickly. So in this case, you're going to use the S23 at 25 milligrams. S4 at 50 and GW at 20. Really, really simple cycle. And it's not that expensive at all. Um, S4 is one of the more cheaper SARMs just because, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty pretty standard. And you notice the kind of trend here, Mobster. A lot of S4 is run with the S23. Yeah. A lot of the Andarine is run with the S23. So they're kind of a good stack together. But look, at the end of the day, you can mix and match how you want. You can even do just do S23 and GW. You can leave out the S4 if you want to kind of like help get help with like recomp. You just want to like recomp. It'd be a great option to recomp. Or you can run YK, YK11 with S23. So you can mix and match these SARMs different ways. There's really not a wrong way to do it. So, but that's a pretty cheap stack right there. S4, S23, and GW together. It's a pretty cheap stack. And if you wanted to do it even cheaper, you could run the S4 25 milligrams a day. The S23, 15 or 20 milligrams a day. And then the GW, 10 milligrams a day. And you could kind of stretch your cycle out to 10 weeks and it would not be that expensive at all. All right. So any comments? Yeah, any comments on that, buddy? I'm just thinking, bearing in mind this podcast, Steve. So, for example, you saying, and I quote, that I could feel it working within a couple of days is interesting to me because something that I've mentioned on podcasts and any drug that has suppressive side effects that you can feel working, that is definitely something going on at the weights that go up in the gym, is probably going to be hellishly anabolic and, and a real good boost to your power, et cetera, et cetera. But also, as we as we talked about here already, guys, um, the more effective and potent the drug, including a psalm in this particular example, 
the more likely you are to have side effects, the more likely you are to not want to do crazy doses and so on. So, I mean, a good example for this, Steve, which we've discussed many times on, on, on lots of different uh, podcasts, is uh, Trent. Trent is fantastically effective, but it's the one that you're going to probably feel the most side effects from. S23, by the sounds of it, Steve, it's fantastically effective, but the potential for side effects, and again, this varies from individual to individual, some will, some won't, is, is going to be there, in my opinion. So I, I it's the one psalm, I mean, and I just, I'm generalizing again here, Steve, for the most part, selective means that you don't get as many side effects as you would with an anabolic. But this is the one time that I would say, don't go crazy, guys. Don't don't try it. And, and we've talked about this before. Don't go double the effective dose, which we give the advice for. Don't go crazy in that particular situation. But more so specifically with S23, just because if you can feel it working, if it's that potent and we know that it's oppressive, that you require a PCT, it's the one that's the closest to being an anabolic steroid without being so, and therefore the one with the greatest potential from individual to individual for side effects. So treat with caution. That, of course, means some of you guys are going to run out there want to buy loads and use as much as you possibly can. But that, that's what we're here for. With the hard podcast, whilst we give it to you as is. We tell you the truth. We tell you what you need to know. And therefore, this kind of information is worth listening to, even if you're absolutely crazy about adding muscle, whatever. I mean, let me go back over that point again, Steve. You're talking about when you used it, how you felt in the gym. I mean, compare that to other psalms that you use. What, what, what was there that big of a difference? Could you feel that much of an effect? I'm fascinated by it. Yes, I did. Um, the only one which isn't even really a psalm is GW, and GW is yeah. not a science of PPAR agonist. But with GW, if I take GW, I can feel the endurance benefits pretty much. If you really know your body, you'll notice the endurance benefits right away. But if you don't know, understand your body, you may not ever understand the benefit. Like if you've never exercised before and you go on GW, you're not going to, you may not notice, but you notice that, you know, I've got a little more wind than I normally do right off the bat with the GW. But keep in mind, GW is more of a drug. S23 is a SARM. So with S23, some of the other SARMs out there, I just didn't feel that effect, it would take a few weeks for me to start noticing. Like S4 was another one. I kind of felt it after about 10 days, 14 days on, but I wouldn't feel anything the first week. But with S23, after a few days, I was like, wow, you know, something is something's happening here. So S23 is one of those that really, if you're on you're into SARMs, I would definitely check it out. And I would definitely yeah. consider using it. So I mean. There's a lot of benefits. Uh, a lot of people, you know, you can overall muscle building, fat loss, strength. There's a lot of different benefits for it, you know, and and it really does that uh, does work if you're if you're someone who doesn't want to use anabolic steroids and you want to try SARMs instead. Um, S23 is a good option. Now, a lot of people ask Mobster, should I use S23 if I'm a younger guy? If I'm 21, 22, 23. It should I use S23? What do you think about that? Because you have kids, and uh, like, let's say your kids came up to you and they're like, Oh, I want to use S23. Would you tell them, Yeah, it's safe? Or would you be like, You know what? I wouldn't use it till, till you're a little older. Because um, we both would agree anabolic steroids. If we have a 21 year old kid, yeah, a 21 kid, no, absolutely not. Don't use anabolic steroids at 21, 22. But what would you say about S23? 
I would say no. I, I would say no. Anything that's going to suppress you is has the potential in my mind. I mean, we talked about this again and we discussed this on the forums, guys. So the opinion on this won't change. Anything that suppresses you is a bad idea for what Steve and I would call when you have a lack of a full, fully developed endocrine system. What do we mean? We basically mean, quite simply, guys, and again, it's a generalization in terms of the numbers, but for example, Steve, you tend to be around your tallest about age 21. You tend to be uh, about as strong as you're ever going to be uh, naturally again, and this is an untrained individual, not someone, not an athlete, 30, 35 years of age. And got, both Steve and I are old enough and ugly enough, so to speak, to, 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 to be able to turn around and say to you, quite simply, in terms of physical and or emotional maturity, that tends to start to happen in most guys around the age of 25. So, I mean, you know, whether you're a, a late bloomer, late developer, call it what you will, uh, you know, in, in terms of um, your, your balls dropping and the deepening of the voice and beards and so on and so forth. We've all got buddies that still look young and they're in their early 20s. We've got buddies of ours that are emotionally stunted until they hit 25, 30 years of age. So we want you to have a wise head on man-like shoulders. So fully developed physically and fully developed emotionally, especially in terms of making choices. The choices, and Steve and I would be as guilty of this as you guys if you're younger. The choices we make when we're 18, the choices we make when it's 21 and so on and so forth. Now, I have seen it argued. You can you can become a, a a member of parliament here in this country. You can go and fight a war. Why can't I take drugs at this age? Because what your head's doing in terms of being able to make certain decisions is not the same as necessarily what your body's like. So I would argue, Steve, that the marker in the sand, which we generally agree on when it comes to this, whether it's reps or moderators or or people like us doing podcasts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, on many forums, not just the Evo family, but many forums, is typically the age of 25. And in S23's example, I would say wait. Mate, if you're physically mature, if you're a hairy guy, if you've got a deep voice, you know, if you've already got a couple of kids, et cetera, et cetera, you've done stuff in a way. But it's too much of a generalization. It's too easy to say, oh, this guy can take it, but this guy can't take it. So typically we would say wait until the same age as you would typically advise for when it comes to anabolics, which is normally 25, I would say an S23's example, definitely. Other stuff, like we've already talked about, Steve, with LGD or GW or whatever else, I'd have the guys 19, 20, 21, 22, no problem whatsoever. And again, guys, this is specifically at the doses that we recommend. If you're the kind of person that's doubling up just because, then perhaps you shouldn't be taking the drug in the first place. It talks to me about your decision-making. It talks to me about your emotional maturity. Now, it's not for us to judge you, but we're getting this a generalization. We we talk to, we advise, and we get information back from thousands, and I mean thousands of members. Steve and I probably online talk, talk to five, ten thousand people a year via the forums, forums that have a hundred thousand members. So we get people to ask us, that we get people to make statements. We we talk to guys that are professionals, we talk to guys that are competing athletes. We talk to those that just want to get in shape, lose a little bit of belly and so on and so forth. And we see this great breadth of information come in and data to work with. Gurus that I know that have worked with 10,000 athletes, Olympic teams and so on and so forth. And they were still advising 
sensible doses. So this is why we do this kind of stuff because we got we can't pick one guy and say it's fine for him and another guy. No, in my case, because I've got a daughter and grandkids, it's not quite as uh, complicated as having a young son come to me and so on and so forth. But I, I, arguably, Steve, even if my daughter was my son and she came to me and she said, I want to go to the gym, I'm thinking, I said, no, she, she's old enough now, but had she been under the age of 25 when she came to me? No, no, I would advise her to wait. And it, here's the thing, guys, and it's just common sense when you think about it. Too many are ready to go today. And whether that's doing a high-dose cycle, whether it's doing a cycle early and so on and so forth. And I'm like, why can't you wait a year? Why can't you wait six months? Why can't you do a low-dose cycle this time, a medium-dose cycle next time, and a higher-dose cycle the cycle after? Why does it have to be high and crazy and early or too soon right away? It doesn't. Guys, you should be, in my opinion, again, we've talked about this before, training for your life, training to be healthy for life, whether that's lifting weights, playing tennis, racquetball, whatever. It should be, in my opinion, something you do for a very, very long time, not for six months, a year, two years, but for as long as your body holds out and allows you to do it, to keep you in shape, keeps you healthy, and so on. The same thing applies to nutrition, and obviously the same thing applies to anabolics. So in this particular example, Steve, for me, S23, my preference would be wait until you're fully physically mature. And again, that is around the age of 25. I think Steve agrees. And I know for a fact that other moderators and reps that we talk to via the forums generally speak do. I know some of you guys are out there. If the person's asking, they're going to go ahead and do it. That's why we do this podcast. We want to influence you in a positive way and get you to do uh, get into good habits and Think of it in this way as well, guys. What you might do for yourself, you wouldn't necessarily advise other people to do. And I can I could tell you a very, very quick story, Steve. So I did voluntary youth work. We had the kids in there doing sex education, and they're all under the age of 18. And the person's doing a class, and all the kids are goofing around and laughing, et cetera, et cetera, because they're going to be talking about sex. So she did a really, really good little thing with them. She said, it's okay for you to muck around and laugh, et cetera, et cetera. But if you had kids... What's the age that your children would be allowed to have sex? And instantly they went from laughing and mucking around to talking about their daughters not having sex till they're 40 and so on and so forth. So instantly they become responsible and they kind of consider it that way. So what we sometimes do for ourselves when it comes to anabolics, sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever else, we wouldn't advise others to do. We would be more uh, circumspect in our advice. So, guys, we're being circumspect. We're telling you in this specific example 25 onwards, plus you've done the information, you've looked up, you've done your research, you listened to this podcast, you've got your head screwed on straight, and it's the kind of advice that you would give to a buddy. It's the kind of advice you would give to a, to, to a, friend, a friend or a pal of yours. You should apply to yourself in this situation, and that's the reason why we do it the way that we do it. Right, Steve? You hit the nail on the head, buddy. So, look, we got to episode 499. I hope you guys enjoyed this S23 episode. We have a special episode coming up. Our next one is going to be the big 500 episode. Yeah. It's going to be a celebration, and we're going to have a lot of fun things going on for that one. So keep an eye on it. It's going to be a big, big episode. Right, Mobster? Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Party time. <laughs> yeah. So look for that, guys. Mark it on your calendar. It's going to be a fun one. So Mobster, take us in a disclaimer. Right, guys, as always, please note we are not doctors and the opinions in this podcast are hours and hours alone. It is our view and it's based on our experiences and views on the topic. 
a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.